Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode five of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. Rangers picking up a big, big win last night against a Buffalo Sabres team that was really on fire to start the season. They entered play at 8-1-1. They are now 8-2-1 as the Rangers play, you know, really their most complete game of the season, certainly their most impressive victory of the season, and they just absolutely roll to a 6-2 victory really in control for most of the game. I mean, there were a couple of lapses, you know, every once in a while. Every once in a while, you know, the Sabres would get a little bit of a pushback, but it never lasted very long. Rangers really just in total control of this one, and they go on to a dominant 6-2 victory. Five-game losing streak is over, and if you really want to look at this positively, the last two games, the Rangers now have three points out of a possible four when you factor in this win with the overtime loss to the Coyotes. So hopefully things starting to turn around for the Rangers. Let's dive into all that right now. We'll start with the goalie matchup. I thought this was a big night for Henrik Lundqvist. You know, obviously, he comes in on a three-game losing streak. His numbers aren't really where you want them to be through his first four games of the season. And we were still looking for, as I discussed yesterday, that first vintage King Henrik performance this season. And we got one last night. He stops 31 of 33 shots and didn't just do it against any, you know, random team. This is a team that was near the top of the league and in goals scored per game. They came in with 38 goals in their first 10 games, just really firing on all cylinders, and Henrik shuts them down. Early in this game, Lundqvist made what I thought was probably his most important save of the night. I don't know if it was necessarily his best save of the night. It's a very good save, but with about 12 minutes left in the first period, the game's still scoreless at that point. The Sabres come in, and Jack Eichel gets the puck on his stick, and he fires a shot from the left faceoff circle, and Lundqvist in you know, the blink of an eye, he kicks out his left pad. He makes a great pad stop and, and, and clear, knocks the puck out of harm's way there. Just a big save because, you know, if the Sabres get that goal there, you know, the Rangers probably, you know, if they're on a five-game losing streak here, you probably start thinking, oh, God, here we go again, right? And by that same token, Sabres are hot to start the season. They've won three in a row coming into this game, and they probably think, here we go again. You know, two, tale of two teams coming into this game, you know, as far as one being on fire and one really in a slump, and Lundqvist makes that save early, keeps the game scoreless, keeps the Sabres from getting an early lead, keeps their their attack from really, you know, kind of kind of catching fire there in the early goings, and just, just a big stop from Lundqvist there. Uh, very important that he, he kept that puck out of the net there. Something else that we mentioned yesterday when we were previewing this game is that the Rangers absolutely had to stay out of the penalty box. It's something that's really cost them in games this season. They're spending too much time, you know, playing a man down. And they did that for the most part tonight. They did take three penalties. The Sabres got three power plays, but they were kind of spread out throughout the game a little bit, and none of them early in the game when you're really trying to, you know, establish dominance and get rolling. It wasn't perfect, you know, in an ideal world, you know, maybe the Rangers only take two penalties or one penalties, or maybe even they stay out of the penalty box for an entire game. That's hard to do, though. And, you know, penalty kill was up to the task. Sabres go 0 for 3 on the power play. The Rangers themselves earn four power plays in this one, and they go 0 for 4, so not the best night for the power play either way. But you know what? If you're going to go 0 for 4 on the power play, it's best to do it on a night where you're scoring six goals anyway at even strength. So, you know, if, if there's, uh, you know, the opposite of whatever a silver lining would be, it's maybe that the Rangers didn't really get it going on the power play. But hey, six goals is six goals. They didn't really need the power play tonight, and hopefully, you know, when they do need it going forward, they'll be able to convert, score a couple goals. And how about those line changes? We talked about this on yesterday's podcast, but obviously, you know, the Rangers retooling their lines a little bit, and the second line looked great tonight. You had Panarin with Strom and Buchnevich, and this may not seem like much. It may not seem like that big of a deal, but just a little bit over a minute into this game, that line really got going. They were in very aggressively on the four check there. Sabres really back on their heels. It didn't lead to any scoring opportunities, but the Sabres had to work so hard just to get the puck out of their zone, which they eventually did, but that kind of just established a tone that this line was coming at you tonight. 
and they were going to make things happen and just take matters into their own hands and just kind of dictate dictate the play out there. And that's what they ended up doing pretty much the whole night. Big, big night for that second line. And that line breaks through with about eight minutes and change left in the first period there. Or, well, really, Artemi Panarin broke through. Rasmus Dahlin has the puck for the Sabres. He's, he's just in front of the team's blue line there. And he seemed to lose control of the puck for, for just a quick second. And that was all Panarin needed. He poke checks the puck away. He tracks it down along the boards in the Sabres zone there. He immediately veers back to his left. Carter Hutton kind of comes out of the net to meet him just a little bit. And he, it looked like he tried to poke the puck away from Panarin. But Panarin just too good a stick handler. And he just moves across the crease very, very seamlessly there and just tucks a backhand shot home. And really, as soon as Hutton missed with the with the poke check there, it was over. But this is why we got Artemi Panarin. I mean, the guy, he's there to be a spark plug. He's there to make things happen. He's there to, you know, kind of turn the tide when things aren't going so well for the Rangers and just shoulder the load as far as scoring is concerned. He's there to be dangerous. He's there to be able to score from any angle. And so far, so good. That's five goals already this season for Panarin. So we move ahead in the first period now. There's about five minutes and some change remaining. And this is my absolute favorite goal in hockey when it goes down like this because this was just a case, the Rangers make it 2-0 here, and it was just a case of the Rangers just flat out outworking the Sabres and just wanting it more and wanting to create the scoring opportunity more than the Sabres wanted to prevent it. So the Sabres have the puck, but they're kind of retreating into their own zone, and Brendan Lemieux goes in on the forecheck, deflects the puck away from a Buffalo defenseman. Sabres initially get it back, kind of behind their net there a little bit. But this Ranger line of Howden, Foss, and Lemieux is just relentless on this play. The puck is in the corner. Lemieux steals it away, and, and somehow he he slips a pass from you know behind the goal line through the, the tiniest of cracks there and gets the puck to Jesper Foss. Foss slides the, the pa another pass across the crease to Howden, and Howden just stuffs it home, and just like that, it's 2-0 Rangers. And as this play was developing behind the net there, the Sabres had the puck and, and Lemieux's fighting to get it away from them. And he actually falls down, but he gets back up in time and takes it back away. And, and that, that dogged perseverance there from Lemieux, that set the whole thing up. Of course, then he passes in front to Foss. Foss gets, Foss gets it over to Howden, and Howden puts it home. 2 nothing Rangers. But yeah, all three Ranger forwards on that play just absolutely working their tails off, and it pays off. It, it was a well-deserved goal, and, you know, nice to see, you know, some secondary scoring. We talked about that, too. Where's the secondary scoring on this team going to come from? And the third line there coming up with a big goal uh, to make it 2 nothing Rangers at that point. Almost immediately after the Rangers make it 2 nothing, Sabres get a power play, their first of the game. Lundqvist makes a big save in deep, big pad stop right there on the doorstep. And Jeff Skinner got a great opportunity from point-blank range shortly thereafter, but he fired high of the net. And that was basically it. No more scoring opportunities for the Sabres on that power play. We talked about this enough yesterday, but they are lethal on the man advantage. They're lethal in general. But Rangers up to the task here. Big penalty kill here, not to give the momentum right back, because as I said, the Rangers took this penalty almost immediately after they made it 2 nothing. And the last thing you want to do there is just, you know, hand a goal right back to the Sabres, you know, 30 seconds or a minute later. And uh, fortunately, power play up to the task. They keep the puck out of the net and still up 2 nothing to that point. So we jump ahead again here. Now there's less than a minute left in the first period. The Rangers quickly move in on the break. Panarin fires a shot just wide, and Pavel Buchnevich on the other side of the ice, the puck kind of wraps around the boards there. Buchnevich does a great job keeping the puck inside the blue line, and that was big because it led to a goal here. And what was great to see in this sequence is all five Rangers had a, had a hand in this next goal. You know, they can't give out four assists on one goal, but if there was ever a goal for it, this was the one here. Rangers eventually work the puck back to the blue line to Tony D'Angelo. He dishes across to Brady Shea, and Shea take, takes a shot through traffic. Ryan Strom is right there on the doorstep. He deflects it home. It's 3 to nothing Rangers. Strom's first goal of the season. 
200th point of his NHL career, so a big congratulations to him there. Nice round number, and, you know, just a great deflection there. Tips it right over Carter Hutton's shoulder, and 3 nothing Rangers with just 37 seconds remaining until they head into the locker rooms there for the first intermission. We come out for the second period, and the Sabres, to their credit here, look a lot better in these first few minutes of the second than they did at really at any point in the first period. They get their first sustained push. They get a two-on-one into the zone, but Lundqvist makes a, a tough save on that one keeps the Sabres off the scoreboard, but Buffalo just keeps coming. You know, they're 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 relentless in these first few minutes, and Capo Caco, he gets a chance to clear the puck. He's in front of the Ranger net, and he tries to just sort of, like, backhand the puck out of the zone, but unfortunately, his clearing attempt goes right to Marco Sandella. Sandella immediately shoots and scores. Can't really put this on Lundqvist. I mean, this one's kind of on Caco, and, you know, young player, he'll learn from, from mistakes like this. There's certain places that you just can't put the puck in the NHL or you're going to pay for it. Scandella immediately makes the Rangers pay. It's now 3-1 to one Rangers, uh, about four minutes into the second period. So at this point, the next goal in this game is going to be huge because, like like we just said, you know, Sabres starting to find their game a little bit, starting to swarm in the Rangers zone a little bit. Next goal is either going to put the Rangers back up by three or the Sabres are going to cut the deficit to one. And assuming that the next goal comes sometime in the second period, if the Sabres are indeed the team that scores then, you know, they're only down by one goal, and they've got all the time in the world left to find the equalizer. So the next goal at this point going to be huge. And fortunately, the Rangers kind of rediscover their game soon after that. They they answered back. They responded to giving up the goal. They get back on the attack. Buchnevich gets another chance in deep, but he can't quite convert. Lemieux sends a centering pass a few minutes later to Jesper Foss, but Hutton, you know, sides to his left, makes a great point-blank stop. And then Panarin rings a shot off the post. Fortunately, the Rangers, they don't stop there. They, they keep the pressure on. And right after Panarin hit the post, uh, Mark Stahl comes up, does a really nice job of keeping the puck in the zone, kind of similar to the second goal when Buchnevich kept the puck in the zone. A big play there by Stahl. He's not going to get an assist on this one, but he, really he should because, you know, he kept the puck. If that puck comes out of the zone, this goal doesn't get scored. So he keeps the puck in. Brady Shea gets the puck along the boards, sends a pass down to Buchnevich, and Buchnevich, you know, he's positioned kind of along the goal line, kind of in the corner there, and he sends a beautiful pass, goes right across the top of the crease, somehow gets the puck right to Tony D'Angelo, D'Angelo pinching in as, as he's shown a propensity to do in these first couple of games here, and he scores, he tips it home, makes the score 4-1, to one, celebrating his 24th birthday, so nice present for him there, his fourth goal of the season, still loving what I'm seeing from D'Angelo, you know, we, we've, we've discussed this, but he's not shy about picking his spots and going in deep, and he seems like he's really trusting his instincts right now. He's not taking unnecessary risk when it comes to, you know, jumping into the attack, but, you know, he's taking the, the opportunities when they present themselves and just thrilled to see him, you know, kind of starting to discover his game at the NHL level, and, and maybe he'll he'll give this team the kind of spark that they need. We know Jacob Trouba is going to be big time, you know, as far as, you know, chipping in offensively from, from the blue line, but, you know, maybe D'Angelo can do that as well, and, and just like that, we've got two defensemen who are really, you know, big-time offensive threats, and that can only bode well going forward because I, it's been a really long time since the Rangers have had two defensemen who could really chip in on the attack, and we might have that now, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that going forward. And before I forget, I should also mention that Jimmy Vesey sustained an injury in this game. Of course, Vesey spends, you know, his first three years with the Rangers, and now they trade him to the Sabres in the offseason in exchange for a third-round draft pick. You know, VZ never really took off in New York the way I think the Rangers were hoping for him to. He never really had that that big-time season. He was a decent, you know, depth piece, but obviously you never want to see anybody get hurt, much less a guy who spent time on the Rangers. And it was kind of hard to tell what it was, maybe either like a hand injury or an arm injury. 
we'll keep an eye on that. I'll provide an update at the end of this episode if I see one, because, you know, I think Ranger fans mostly like VZ. Again, you know, he never really took off, but, you know, not everybody in this league gets to be Alex Ovechkin. So, you know, VZ, I wish him all the best in Buffalo, um, just not when they're playing the Rangers. But, you know, obviously we hope he's okay. Sabres get one back with 48 seconds left in the second period. The play started innocently enough. The Sabres just kind of, you know, bringing the puck into the Rangers zone. But Vladimir Sabaka takes a shot, and the puck deflected off of Jacob Truba's stick and eludes Lundqvist and goes into the twine. There's nothing really you can do there. It's just a bad break. Deflections are tough to stop in general. It is what it is. Sabres get one kind of a lucky break here. And you know what, Rangers, it's fine. Still up 4-2 to going into the break. And, you know, the game's still yours for the taking at that point. All right, so we start the third period. Rangers get an early power play as Tony D'Angelo is tripped up deep in his own zone. Bad penalty by the Sabres there. You really don't want to take penalties when you're in the attacking zone. You can understand when a team takes penalties in its own zone. You know, you're trying to prevent a goal and whatnot, but it's just undisciplined when you take a penalty in the attacking zone more often than not. Um, but hey, you know, the Rangers get a power play. Unfortunately, the first really good scoring opportunity of this power play belonged to Buffalo. They go in two on one shorthanded and just narrowly shoot wide. But then the Rangers go back the other way immediately, three on two in the opposite direction. Capo Caco drives to the net, and man, he just missed his second goal of the season, which would have been big for him. You know, we talked about how they reshuffled the lines. He's up there now with, uh, you know, Zabanajad and Kreider. But he drives to the net, gets past Hutton. You know, skates across the crease there and just puts the puck right off the post. Um, you know, just missed his second goal of the season by inches. He's close. He's getting there. And, you know, we'll just hope that next time, you know, Lady Luck smiles on him a little more than she did here. With exactly 15 minutes left, Jeff Skinner for the Sabres takes another offensive zone penalty, his second of the third period, just five minutes in. And he, in fact, as he's going off the ice, gets hit with an additional two minutes for unsportsmanlike conduct kind of barking at the referees and, you know, taking his sweet time getting to the penalty box. So not a good night for Jeff Skinner. But um, Rangers now have a four-minute man advantage until Kreider almost immediately gets called for goaltender interference. He kind of bumped into Hutton there. Not a lot of contact, but, you know, they do tend to protect the goalies in this league, and Kreider gets hit with a two-minute penalty. So at this point, teams skating four on four. The Sabres seem to be getting a little bit of a push, but that is until Jacob Truba blocks a shot. Truba, you know, he didn't light up the score sheet tonight, but six hits. I think it was three block shots. He just seemed to be all over the ice, really having an impact. And, you know, he blocks a shot here and it goes the other way. Brett Howden goes in on a two on one rush with Ryan Strom. Howden gets a defenseman to kind of go into a slide. So the defenseman's out of the factor, out of the way now. And Howden dishes across to Ryan Strom and, and Strom just immediately hammers it home from the doorstep there. His second goal of the game, second goal of the season for Strom. 5-2 blue shirts with about 12 minutes remaining at this point. So the Rangers now, they have a three-goal cushion with about 12 minutes remaining. They play a very sound defensive game the rest of the way. Not too many scoring opportunities for the Sabres, although anytime he was tested, Lundqvist was there. He made a couple nice saves. Again, his best game of the season, the Rangers' best game of the season by far. And then with about 116 remaining, Rangers drive into the attacking zone, Kreider, now he's been struggling. I mean, he, I, I hesitate to say he's been struggling because he has been getting some scoring opportunities, but facts are facts. He's still looking for his first goal of the season at this point, right? So they drive in. Kreider shoots from the doorstep. The puck bounces off of Hutton, comes back away from the net, bounces off of a Sabre defenseman, and goes back into the net. So just like that, Kreider gets his first goal of the season. It wasn't exactly how he envisioned it, I'm sure. Not exactly how the Rangers drew it up. 
But hey, you know what? At a certain point, you're searching for that first goal of the season. You'll take it any way you can get it. It's kind of like if I could compare it just for a second to, you know, baseball. If, if you're if you're a baseball player, you never want to wait too long to get that first base hit of the season. You always want to get that one out of the way early. And then once you do, a lot of base hits tend to follow it. And it's kind of the same thing in hockey. You know, Kreider's been close. He's been knocking on the doorstep a little bit. He's been getting some scoring chances. And now he gets a little bit of a lucky break. He'll take it. Six to two Rangers at that point. But don't be surprised if, you know, this kind of gets Kreider going a little bit. Because, you know, again, it's an unconventional goal. But... It's still a goal, and sometimes you just need that to take the edge off a little bit. He's he's on the board now for the season. He's got his first marker of the season, and don't be surprised at the next game. You know, Kreider scores a more conventional goal. As as we talked about, you know, he's on the top line now, uh, retooled top line. He's playing with Mika Zibanejad. He's had some success with Zibanejad in the past, and then, of course, Capo Kako, and, you know, I'm sure he's still building some chemistry with Kako because, obviously, Kako's 18 years old and he's new to the team this season. But, you know, we'll see. This could be the thing that gets Kreider going. He just needed to to catch a bit of a break here because he's kind of had bad luck for the, the start of the season. So nice to see him, you know, get a lucky bounce here, get on the board, 6-2 Rangers, just kind of a nice, you know, nice way to cap off the night here. One more goal for the Rangers, a dominant 6-2 win over, you know, if you just go by record, the best team in hockey to this point, the Buffalo Sabres. And just a couple other things I'd like to hit on real quick here before we wrap things up today. We mentioned Jacob Truba a little bit earlier. Obviously, he's off to a great start with the Rangers. You know, he's chipping in offensively. But what I didn't realize, like when the Rangers got him, the first thought that I had, as well as probably a lot of you had, was, oh, this is awesome. You know, we have an offensive-minded defenseman. He can run point on our power play. Our power play is going to be a lot better. And that's all true. But is so much more than that. You know, he plays with a lot of grit. And, he, you know, as I, as we mentioned earlier, he had six hits last night. That brings him up to 25 total on the season. He's also got 20 block shots. He's not, in free, not afraid to get in the way of a howitzer if he needs to. And, you know, with about five minutes left in this one, he squares up Sam Reinhart. Sam Reinhart's bringing the puck across the blue line and just squares him up and just knocks him straight backwards onto his back. Big, tough, clean hit, and, you know, the true chance were out in the garden, and rightfully so, because Truba was just awesome tonight all over the ice, and it's just great to see that even on a night where, you know, he didn't really have that much of a hand in the Rangers' six goals, you know, but his defensive game was on point. He was still very visible out there, making plays, making hits, blocking shots. You love to see it. You love to see that grit. That'll endear him to Ranger fans, no doubt. And really, it's just great to know that even on a night where, you know, he doesn't make that much of an impact offensively, he can still impact the game, and that's exactly what he did here tonight. And just one more thing that I'd really like to emphasize here is, I mean, you look at, you know, the Rangers, obviously, five-game losing streak. They've been struggling in all facets of the game, but they've especially been scoring, especially been struggling to score goals. Just nine goals during the five-game losing streak. And not only do they have a six-goal outburst tonight, and that's great against any team. You know, you'll take that any night of the week. You score six goals, you're going to win the game more likely than not, right? But they did this to Carter Hutton. Carter Hutton, now, we could debate, is Carter Hutton really an elite goalie in this league? He was off to an elite start this season, for sure. Throughout his career, I mean, you look at his numbers, you know, he's a better-than-average goalie. I think we can safely say that. He's a good goalie. You know, bottom line, he's a good goalie. A good goalie who was off to a great start this year. And they just absolutely lit him up tonight. They score six goals, and in Hutton's, Hutton had had two shutouts in his previous three games. In his previous four games combined, he had only given up seven goals. So the Rangers nearly equalizing that in just one night here. They score on six of their 24 shots, so they score on 25% of their shots here tonight, making Hutton look very average. And really, though, it wasn't really Hutton's fault, because if you look at these goals, these were beautiful goals. You know, there aren't too many goalies who can stop most of these shots. 
And if you just look at the fact that the Rangers scored six goals, if you just look at any game, really, and you see that the final score was 6-2, to two, you might hypothesize that the goalie, the team that gave up six goals, might have yanked their goalie out of that game. It just wasn't his night. He was just off his game, letting a couple soft goals. But I don't think there was one soft goal here. The Rangers were just that much better. There was no reason to, to pull Hutton out of this game at any point because I don't think he really did anything wrong. There weren't really, like, any softies that he let in. And the Rangers, you know, just swarming, just really making things happen, and just just an outstanding night for the attack, a night that was sorely needed because this offense, this attack has been pretty anemic throughout the five-game losing streak. But that's a thing of the past now. Rangers back on the winning track. It's great to see. They are back in action this Sunday at home against the Boston Bruins. It's going to be another great test for the Rangers. The Bruins once again off to a strong start this season. The Bruins are 6-1-2 to start this season, and it's a big test for the Rangers because it's another great team first and foremost. But also, one of the things we've been talking about and one of the things that a young team like the Rangers is going to struggle with is consistency. So they erase this five-game losing streak with their best performance of the season, just an outstanding win last night against the Buffalo Sabres. But now what do they do for an encore? Right? Do they come back out against another strong team, and do they, do they once again just take it right to them, and can they get another dominant win or even just a win of any kind? Can they do that? Can they follow up on this? Can they carry it over into the next game, or do they regress and you know maybe fall into some of their bad habits that you know they were in during the five-game losing streak? Bruins, different kind of team than the Sabres through the first nine games, just 26 goals for the Bruins, but only 20 goals allowed. They play a kind of a tight defensive game, at least so far this season. So it's a different kind of opponent. We'll see how the Rangers stack up. But again, great test for the Rangers. This is going to be a great measuring stick going forward. If they can post back-to-back wins against two great teams like the Sabres and the Bruins, then look out. You know, hey, maybe this team's found something. Maybe they're back on the winning track. Maybe they they get on a, a, a winning streak comparable to the losing streak that they were just on, just obviously in the opposite direction. So that's going to do it for Episode 5 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. We're going to be back here on Monday with a brand new episode, Episode 6. I'm going to share my thoughts on the game against the Boston Bruins, and we're going to look ahead. I know I mentioned that, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about the AHL, the uh, you know the Hartford Wolfpack, and, and their performance so far this season. We want to get into breaking down the defense pairings a little bit. But, man, that game last night was just too much fun. You know, we had, we had to devote the entire episode to that because, again, Rangers' best game of the season, a convincing win over what looks like a very good Buffalo Sabres team. We had to kind of bask in the glory of that victory today a little bit. So we'll save that, that other stuff for next week. We have that to look forward to. And, of course, I'll share my thoughts on the game against the Bruins for Episode 6 on Monday. And once again, guys, feel free to reach out at me at any time. Send me an email, lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. If you'd rather go the Twitter route, tweet me on there, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY Rangers. Definitely feel free to reach out, you know, Come at me with some some questions, some suggestions, some concerns, some statements, whatever you got. Bring it on. Happy to hear from you guys. Really looking forward to it. Enjoy the game on Sunday against the Bruins. We'll be back here on Monday to talk about it. And hopefully, you know, it's another two points for the Rangers. And, uh, you know, we'll just get this season. The season will be rolling again. The Rangers will be back on track. We'll be good to go going forward. That's it for today. Thanks again for joining me, guys. I'll see you next time.